0: Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to Secondary Fermentation, episode number 21. 21. 21. 21. You know, if we had only done seven episodes previously, we have now done three times that.
1: <laughs> if we'd only done three previously, we have done seven, seven times, times that. that. Oh, my gosh. So you said, If or, we only did
0: said, 2.1 episodes, we would have done ten times that.
1: <laughs> so go back to episode two and about... A tenth of the way in. Pause it. No, yes. times that by ten. Now times that by <laughs> Here we are.
0: Yes. Uh, so, welcome. It's, uh, you know, as usual, I'm joined by one of my co-hosts, Gott. It's, it's Nick. It's Nick. Uh, and this is Joe. Elsie is not with us today. She's dearly departed. She is uh, dearly, dearly departed at the North Pole helping Santa Claus make some toys. Yeah. No, she departed Greenville
1: to go to the North Pole is what obviously yeah. what we implied. Um no but for real, she's actually uh she's getting her uh her spine adjusted at the chiropractor, so Yeah. You
0: know. Actually she had to go renew her license at the DMV.
1: Oh, I heard there's a long yeah, it's it's a process. It's a
0: very long line. She's been there for three days. I don't I don't know where she's yeah. been.
1: We may not see her again actually.
0: Yeah. It's it's weird. She went on a Sunday. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't think they were open, but apparently they have limited staff. Uh that was probably her, her fault. An oversight, to be sure.
0: Yeah, this reminds me of the time that my, my dad went out to go get some milk. <laughs> yeah. But he but came back, didn't
1: he? No. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't even have your cereal. <laughs> I just ate it dry, like some sort of animal. <laughs>
0: it was wetted with my tears. <laughs> but, um, no,
1: we all know for sure that Lauren is just out um, delivering newspapers. That's her her side hustle. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, on the weekends.
0: No, actually, she's hosting a Tupperware party. Oh, I should be there. <laughs> yeah,
1: we should nap. I could stand some more Tupperware.
0: Uh, yeah, and and in the meantime, she was also selling magazines door to door. Oh, so yeah, she really has
1: a lot of. Uh, she wears a lot of hats when it comes to mm-hmm. her, uh, her jobs.
0: Yeah, but uh, anyway, it's just Nick and I today, and uh, we are going to continue our. Beer evaluation series, this time with flavor. But before that, mm. let's taste the flavor of this beer that we're about to crack. Cracking of a beer. Without further ado.
1: Oh, I was a little splash. Spray. Ooh, ooh, nice full can here. We've got a uh, selection from Casita Brewing Company ooh, in Casita. Wilson, North Carolina. Uh short. Drive from us here in Greenville. Uh, this is a something recommended. It's a little bit different. It's a brown ale called uh, Cowboy Boots, but mm. this brown ale is no ordinary brown ale. It's not. It's a cornbread brown ale.
0: Ooh. Um, well, smack my <laughs> cheeks and call me Louie, I don't know if that's that's not a saying. I just what made was that, that up. A, it sounded like cornbread. What was that sauce at
1: the oyster place? It was like Uncle Yammy's Uncle
0: Yammy's. Uncle Yammy was looking a
1: little sus on that label. Yeah, he probably uses uh, cornbread to sop up all of his extra sauce.
0: Sauce? After he's done sauce his food. Uncle Yammy. Seems like he'd put it on yams, not seafood, but who am I to say, you know? What do we know? Ooh. Looks good. Cornbread. I do enjoy some cornbread, I will say.
1: I'm curious how that'll meld with this uh, brown ale. Cornbread
0: brown ale. It's very brown, I will say. It mm-hmm. almost looks like a porter. You hold it up to the light, though. It's a little bit lighter. Uh, if we take notes from our last episode on appearance, it's got a, yeah. a decent collar of foam that seems to be dying down rather quickly. It's kind of an audible breakdown, too. Kind of like if you pour like a glass of soda or something. Yeah. Or pop, as some people say. And that's what actually I thought of it. kind
1: of looks to me like a... Uh, cola. A cola, or like a, a Dr. Pepper, if you will. Yeah, root beer. And it's got that similar uh, micro-bubbly head that's... It doesn't seem to have much of a uh, a, a, a bind to it or mm-hmm. like a, a fluffy consistency. It's more of mm-hmm. just bubbles that are breaking down rapidly. A collection of yeah. bubbles. So maybe, maybe it's some good carbonation, mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely interesting... Uh, it looks like a nice brown ale I'm curious if it's going to be yeah. uh, a very noticeable cornbread flavor
0: on the yeah. smell very roasty a little bit corny not mm-hmm. incredibly so though it's it's still got like that kind of nutty brown ale or bread crust kind of aroma not overly like you know I think cornbread has like a very distinct smell to it yeah this has got a little bit of that corn but more like burnt cornbread yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like
1: the bottom of the cornbread, if you, mm-hmm. if you bake them too Crusty. long. Crusty. You get a little crust on the bottom. Um, I hadn't actually, I don't think I'd heard this. I think maybe Taj had this at some point, but um, when I was recently at Jarvis Street, I was chatting with Lars, and he's, he always likes to go through what uh, what he's got in stock that might be of note to us, which I mm-hmm. always appreciate, because yeah. I go in there and get overwhelmed with everything at the bottle shop, so... Um, having him kind of recommend a few so this is one that he actually pointed out and i i couldn't turn it down
0: no it's so interesting sounding what oh, have yeah. you had a cornbread okay and also looking at it now the head is completely gone yeah it's it's like plastic. it literally looks like a glass of cola yeah
1: and you know i i in most cases might have been a little more hesitant with something branded as a cornbread brown ale but in the past with casita they have some interesting sort of like adjuncts in their beers that Typically work well. They have, um, I know in, in the fall we had that Skeleton Walker, I think was the name of it. Mm-hmm. It was uh, like an imperial stout, but it was like s- s'mores. So you got some graham cracker, marshmallow, chocolate, some cinnamon in there. Kind of just a, a medley of different flavors I associate, kind of like a fireside sit. Yeah. And it was really delicious. And so, you know, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that this cornbread profile a brown ale is gonna work, so I'll give it a taste.
0: Very interesting, I will say. On first taste, it almost tastes like cornbread. That there's a little bit of jalapeno in it, and it's more on the finish. It's got like a little bit of a spiciness to it. It does. There's some pepper
1: there. For is sure. there pepper in it? Let's see. Um, put a little. We're going a little blind pepper into this. It. Actually, I try to do that. I don't like to go too far. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to poison your mind with bias. Wow. So yeah, uh, besides the the malts they've got. Uh, North Carolina Heritage Corn, and Ancho and Chipotle Peppers. Ooh. Some Ancho. Some Chipotles and Ancho Peppers. So there's definitely a
0: little heat there.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, And it does come in the aftertaste more in the finish than anything. Yeah.
0: I think the corn for me is more subtle in the flavor on this one, for sure. Yeah. Probably for the best. Yeah. It's like a sweet. It's kind of like the sweetness of cornbread, I feel like, pulling through. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. But then that pepper kick is definitely on the retronasal kind of stuff there. Yeah. I
1: think that works out well because, you know, you get the, kind of that uh, sweet, maybe like bready, honey flavor up front. And it kind of preps you for that, that kick of that pepper at the end there. Yeah, it's
0: a very interesting heat because I don't feel it on my tongue at all. Mm-hmm. I feel all the heat in like my throat. Just kind of interesting. But this is, it's pretty good. It's a very unique beer, I'd say.
1: Yeah, and always some some fun can
0: art. Yeah, I know, right? There's a dog that's looking kind of ticked. He's, he's in a little cowboy uniform, and he's like either giving you a side eye, like, how to partner, what are you doing in this these parts? Yeah. Almost and like
1: he's suspicious that you've done something. Yeah,
0: or he's like a dog that's pissed off that he's wearing a costume. It's very hard to oh, tell. Oh, you know,
1: it's probably accurate. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably like a, an art uh, derived from somebody's actual photograph of their dog in costume and they're just totally pissed. Didn't
0: Casita do that at one point? I think they probably do that quite a bit. Yeah, because I remember there being like a contest of like people posting their dog and they're like, yeah, we're going to turn this into your next. So I wonder if this was part of that.
1: That'd be fun to find out. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, as always when I go to Driver Street and chat with Lars about beers, he typically won't try to, I would say, sell me on a beer as much as he just kind of points them out. them out to me ones of note that maybe he thinks we'll be
0: interested in trying yeah um it's really so, cool to go in and have a conversation about beer with yeah them. yeah we're he's, gonna
1: reschedule him for an episode in the future
0: yeah we gotta um, get him on here so that'll he's, be yeah he's such a he's a wealth of knowledge on beer he really is uh and loves it so it's, it's always good to talk to him yeah. and get his perspective on things
1: yeah and it'd be a, a treat for anybody listening to hear yeah his insight but uh yeah, I'm going to pour a little more. We've got, uh, since there's no LC today, it's just... We can be a little greedy yeah, by our a tall boy split between two tall boys. Two tall boys. That's a tall glass of beer right there. Yeah, so... <laughs> well, and this is actually kind of a nice beer to go into today's topic, I think, mm-hmm. because there is a lot going on here in terms of flavor.
0: Oh yeah, for sure, and... I mean, flavor, I think, coincides a lot with aroma, and we could have kind of done them together in one episode, but I feel like there's still the nuances between them, and we're kind of mm-hmm. following the the standardized process that BJCP has with the order they look at things, so they go with aroma, appearance, flavor, mouthfeel, and they have that overall impression piece, which is usually at the beginning of the things, but you know you're not going to formulate that overall impression until you've given it a thorough evaluation yeah but yeah flavor kind of a combination between taste and smell you know i think uh last two weeks ago when we did the aroma episode lc did the test where you you know you plug your nose and take a drink and it tastes completely different because you don't have that nuance of there (laughs) you know in your nose and your mouth share a lot of connection and i think that Plug your nose, take a sip, taste different thing. Is because I think taste is a lot less complex than smell. You know, like those five flavors that we can detect. Right,
1: and to what degree that they're present. Yeah, I mean, so like this one's actually interesting because you know we noted sweetness in the flavor. It could come across from that mm-hmm. like that cornbread inspiration. Sometimes the brown ales in general, the malts, you know, will carry some some sweet tones to it. Mm-hmm. But then you get like, you know, we're getting to get into the world of like roasty or like spicy from the peppers, you know, and those kind of are subcategories of, you know, other tastes like you're getting some like bitterness, but mm-hmm. in a, in a different, uh, fashion than we might typically think of it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if we think about it, like what are the five flavors that we're, we're mainly perceiving, you know, and we think about sweet, salty, sour, bitter, And then that fancy one, umami.
1: Ooh, mommy. Ooh, mommy. Yeah. I remember hearing when that was kind of a new flavor descriptor. I I think it, I'm not sure if they just didn't have anything.
0: Because that's a Japanese word, correct? Yeah. And it's, it's really, I guess like the thing that you think about is like that savory flavor, right? So like. Yeah. I think
1: of like meat. Like,
0: yeah yeah msg (laughs) right isn't that got a (laughs) lot of umami Um, yeah but yeah it's like that savory kind of flavor that actually is really desirable for a lot of things so you know you think about i don't know a lot of cooking techniques i feel like they try to bring out that umami
1: yeah and it's interesting because um with umami not only is that that kind of savory flavor you kind of likened to meats and different broths and um you know, like you said with uh like oils and butters or, and yeah things like that um but also a lot of like fermented products which mm-hmm. is you know beer is a product of fermentation, sauce. so then you know it's it's a it's a wide spanning term mm-hmm. you know because savory can mean a lot of things other than just you know like you think of like a thing of gravy like gravy sounds really savory right? yeah but you can, you know, this beer could have some umami and not be...
0: Like gravy. Country gravy. Yeah. Liquid gravy. But, you know, that little this bit beer of beer does, does have a little umami to it, though. Yeah. I think it's probably a part of those, like, ancho and chipotle. Yeah.
1: I think chipotle, in, in particular, chipotle is kind of a... Uh,
0: yeah, like it's more, an interesting more a, pepper.
1: Yeah, it's not as, like, high on the Scoville scale. It's mm-hmm. more of, it's got actual flavor that, uh, you know, it, it's used a lot in sauces and a lot of... Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of Americanized Mexican food to appeal to the yeah. the people with the weak or sensitive taste buds. <laughs> weak. Your yeah. taste buds are weak. Yeah. Um, are.
0: <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, and while we're talking about the, the different flavors that we can perceive, we might as well mention, you know, it's been kind of broadcast a lot out. And if you read anything about beer or beer tasting, they always talk about that, that taste map that we learned as children mm, yeah, uh, and how basically it's a bunch of uh, pseudoscience and a bunch of fooey. Uh, so basically, you know, that taste map said, Oh, you taste sour on this part of your tongue and you taste sweet on this part, but it's actually not true. You can taste them everywhere. There may be different concentrations in certain areas. Uh, mm. So that's why it's important when you're doing a, a flavor evaluation is to like let the beer go over your entire tongue yeah. and decode it thoroughly so you can do that so don't be thinking oh if I want to taste the sweet I just got to put it on the tip of my tongue Because it's yeah. not necessarily true
1: it, it's funny how yeah we get sort of these life lessons as kids and you find out many of them later are totally without merit um, that one in particular and I remember being a victim of that myself because I'd heard a lot about uh you know you can get more sour flavor detection you know, on the tip of your tongue, but not the case. It's been disproven. So
0: Yeah, it's funny. You learn something as a kid, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's how it is. But then it's like, oh, wait, that was kind of made up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so you know, the five basic tastes, you know, that that sort of goes right into when you're making note, you know, as far as BJCP evaluation standards you're looking for, those sort of initial flavors uh, when you're taking your, your first sip of a beer, you're noting those down. And that's going to come across from... The malt used in the beer, what kind of hops are used? What kind of you know, aroma or flavor is imparted by those? Sometimes the yeast provides some flavor character. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I mean, then you're kind of going further into the process of tasting. And you're going into, you know, are there some adjunct flavors here? Um, what's the balance like in this beer? Is it something I can drink well? Um, is it kind of more hop forward, more malt forward? Does it have a an aftertaste or have some kind of finish that's different or maybe a little bit alarming or or disarming.
0: Yeah. And you're, you're pretty much going, you're taking it beyond like I just taste this and you're adding in some more of those perception based evaluation pieces, you know, like yeah. perceived bitterness. Yes. Bitterness is a singular taste, but when you're talking about perceived bitterness, it could be that it's a very bitter beer, but it's also very sweet and they balance things out and the mouth feels nice. So you can judge the interplay of those different flavors, you know, as a as a whole beer. So when you talk about hop, you know, this is very hop aroma forward, but it's balanced yeah. nicely with the malt. So that way, you're not just saying I taste grassy hops and I taste sweet malt. You know, you're commenting a little bit on the characteristic of how it works together. Yeah, and
1: and, and in relation to the style of beer that you're evaluating, which we've mentioned in the previous episodes, it's, you know, for the BJP, BJCP evaluation standards, it's all based on, is this appropriate? Is this in line with this style? Because there are certain parameters that are established for um, each style of beer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, when, when evaluating it, it might necessarily be a good beer by all standards, but, you know, if you're, say, drinking a culture and it's like, highly bitter yeah. it's maybe a got, bit yeah it's yeah. very
0: extreme juicy hops you're like yeah hang on wait what's going on here yeah
1: <laughs> this culture is very roasty undertone it's like well it really shouldn't um so maybe the style is wrong um so an interesting way to sort of perceive a beer too and i've had beer in the past where i wouldn't knock it as having a bad taste but it's just yeah. not what i expected you know some some styles in particular come to mind that i think that kind of Skirt that line, and it may just be because it's a difficult style to brew. But like some of your uh, like saisons or that was uh, farmhouse was ales, like they yeah. they can be kind of all over the place anyway. Um, so you don't always you don't always go into one of those you know farmhouse ales thinking it should be you know exactly this level of funk or fruit character. Mm-hmm. But it can actually go too far off in any direction that it's not really. Considered a farmhouse sale anymore. Um,
0: yeah, it's really... It's tough because, you know, you, there's beer that you like and then there's beer that you're evaluating for technical correctness, I guess. You know correctness, say? that's like, good, yeah. You could say, oh, hey, I really like this beer X, Y, and Z, but it doesn't meet these parameters. I think Saison's a good example where there's been a lot of uh, Saisons that I've gone in with certain expectations and be like, this is what a Saison is. Yep. And then I've tried it and you're like... Interesting. Like this isn't bad. This is just not what I think of as a saison, based off the flavor characteristics that I've yeah. seen and read. So that's kind of where the difference comes in with the evaluation. Yeah, you have to
1: be critical, like you said, just on the the accuracy or correctness of that beer mm-hmm. um, and how it pertains to uh, the style. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, the like I said, you're going in initially looking just for basic flavor descriptors when you're trying to describe it off the bat you're looking for what malt flavors are present some some beers are not going to be very malt forward in flavor you know a lot of ipas the malt flavor is subdued uh, but you might still pick up some you know some kind of like rice or cereal malt flavor in there it might be a little bit bready underneath maybe some sweetness you know other ones from malt you you know a lot of your you know, ales and things that are not as hoppy, you're going to pick up some some toffee, some nut flavor, mm-hmm. biscuity toast. I mean, things like that are, are common. Then you get into kind of darker beers, your brown ale, stouts, and porters. You might get some chocolate, some coffee.
0: I may have mentioned caramel already, but. I'd um, still have that, yeah. And that's where the difficulty in evaluating beer for flavor comes is <clears throat> really, I think this is the part that relies on your vocabulary. Some of the most out of any of them, because I feel like it's all about callback and all about memories to what the flavor is. So when you're evaluating a beer for flavor, there's been so many times when I'm like, this tastes like something and I cannot figure out what in the hell it is like where I've sat and and thought about and thought about. And that's where I think a lot of the practice comes in with evaluating beer. And it's still something I need to work on a ton but the more you drink and the more you kind of make those mind associations, the more you build out that flavor map in your head to say, OK, this, you know, distinct flavor is, you know, like this. It, t- it tastes kind of like this coffee or something. And you may have a specific memory like, oh, yes, somebody used to make this coffee cake that I really liked. And that's what it tastes like, a good balance between sweetness and Yeah that so there's all these different things where you need to call back and say, Hey, this flavor reminds me of this. Oh, and that's a characteristic of X, you know, Y and C. So mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, malt flavors, you're looking for those grains, that cereal, that bready flavor, the hop flavors, you know, if we're talking American IPAs, you're looking citrus, resin, piney. If you're doing New England things, you're going for juicy stone fruits, Ooh, yeah. maybe berries. And then if you're going more traditional, like uh, lagers or german styles maybe some floral spicy herbal earthy hop flavors and that's where you can say you know i have this this kind of reminds me of this herbal tea that i had or you know this reminds me of pine trees <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah yeah pine and,
1: tree, yeah juniper some uh yeah earthy floral type this of, is
0: like peaches or you know something yeah. like that or even you know tropical fruit coming through yeah and
1: in doing so, it's you know, you kind of have to at first be without any shame because you may not not necessarily get it right. Like you said, it's easy to struggle with like finding mm. that right descriptor in your head. You know, you're, you're kind of you're trying to associate it with a memory, and that's really what tasting comes down to is just you know, formulating memories, uh, bringing them forward, and saying, hey, this beer reminds me of X Y Z. And so over time, you, you kind of get in the habit of. Or if you're doing it more often, you're kind of practicing that. You're being aware of uh,
0: forming. You become intentional about it. Yeah.
1: And there is, I mean, there's really a ton of descriptors you can use. And that's what makes it almost more difficult because. That's not just a set
0: parameter. There's some tools out there. There's like a flavor map that was created. It's called like, what is it? You know what I'm talking about? Flavor. Yeah. It's like this thing you can buy that helps you basically jot down notes. But some people will just take paper and, like, write notes about each beer just to kind of build that vocabulary. I think one of the most helpful things is tasting beers with people because you have your own perceptions, and then somebody will throw – I mean, I can't think about how many times Nick's, like, thrown out a word. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I was so, looking yeah. for. That's and, what's
1: good about drinking kind of with somebody, mm-hmm. bouncing off ideas a little bit. I guess for a formal evaluation, if you're judging a
0: beer – You're not going to be – Yeah, you're you it up too much. But yeah. It's a uh, good practice, I think. And that's probably why the BJCP requires people to be practicing beer judges, you know, before you lose it.
1: Yeah. I was trying to find, um, I'd read something on the BJCP website when they kind of break down the, the summary of the process of evaluating a beer. And uh, someone had, uh, i trying to find their full name, Morton Malgard, I guess is kind of one of the forefathers of beer evaluation and, and sort of categorizing flavors so he had this system, which he you know published everything back in the '90s, where there was sort of six general categories. Uh, he had fullness, mouthfeel, bitter, salt, sweet, and sour, and it consisted entirely of like only 14 different flavor descriptors, mm. which is interesting because I like I said we we end up going through I can't tell you how many different uh, descriptors now, and I think it's we've gotten to a point where you know it's a little more common to, to go through more than just a, uh, you know, sort of a, a larger umbrella. It's, it's, we are able to get kind of more detailed and descriptive. Yeah. Um, and especially as, as styles evolve, um, I mean, BJCP, they update, the style guidelines every so often is anytime there's any potentially new style or any kind of update to style guidelines or um, standards, mm-hmm. things change. So yeah, um, but, you know, it's it, a lot of the same stuff, you know, you start, you're still going to get fruity. You're going to get like floral, astringent, um, sweet,
0: uh, bitter.
1: Yeah. So a lot of that it's a lot of the same stuff, but it becomes a little bit that I think that spectrum is expanded a lot. Yeah. Um, it becomes
0: more granular as you go. Yeah. There's Chectic like, is good. you know, the overall, like if you think about a malty beer, like malty is kind of a subset and then you go deeper, you know, you're like, okay we're here from malty, but now we're in bread crust, bread crust. Yeah. And then with that, you're like, Oh, it's like burnt toast. You yeah. Know? So it, like really it gets deeper and deeper as your evaluation you're, goes along. So you can drilling down. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's the thing you're saying, okay, this is where it's at. And you try to drill down until you come up with a specific set of flavors,
1: which is, yeah, I think like you're talking about, um, you know, drinking an IPA, for example, and you're like, Oh, I know this has some kind of some kind of tropical fruit. So I know it's a fruit. It's tropical fruit. Now from there, it's like, which you know, tropical? is it fruit? <laughs> is it kind of like more of a melon type fruit? Is it more like a pineapple, something a little more mm-hmm. juicy? Is it, you know, is it coconut? I mean, you kind of start to just narrow it down until you pinpoint it. And it still can be hard. And that's when it's always nice to kind of bounce off an oh, yeah. idea with somebody.
0: And that's when you see like people with their prep courses for like Cicerone exams and stuff. They'll mm-hmm. kind of, I feel like one of the more famous things they'll do is, the jelly bean test where like oh, blindfold them yeah. and just hand them hand a jelly bean and just say what flavor is this and that's surprisingly <laughs> way harder than you would think because yeah you know you think okay yeah I got this green jelly bean yeah okay it's green apple or something but if you don't have your sight to to say that it's much more difficult and I think that's sometimes where we struggle with the lc pick of the week yeah for <laughs> figuring out what we're tasting because we're like This is kinda what it is and i like, you know, how many times has Lauren been like, Oh, it's a specific thing and we're like, Yeah, I can see there's a specific thing and then like, Oh, it's honey or this and we're like, Oh dang, yeah.
1: You just come up short on it. And it's interesting because you think by being deprived of one of your senses that the other ones would heighten a little bit And, and generally that does that does come to fruition, but with beer tasting it's
0: kind of it's a little bit harder to. I feel like it's always my hearing that yeah. increases, not my. Uh, I can hear the carbonation. Yeah, yeah, I can hear those those pores yeah. sound extra crisp when I'm when I'm uh, closing my eyes, but um. yeah, you know, we talked a little bit about the you know fermentation characteristics. We're talking yeast flavors. We covered this a little bit with the the aroma mm-hmm. evaluation piece, but usually with yeast derived flavors. If you're thinking about Belgian beer, you're on the right track. You know we're talking about fruity, as in estery, kind of uh, flavors. So bananas, apples, pears, and then you can get into the phenolic compounds like um, clove, spice, like cinnamony kind of vibes. Yeah. Not like these ancho chili. <laughs> yeah, not like not like yeah. the, the Chipotle and ancho chilies in this cornbread. Uh, but then also yeast provides the alcohol, which has its own layer of flavor and mm-hmm. and Manipulation, So that warming kind of sensation, which is not really a flavor per se, but there's also that al- alcoholic sweetness yeah. uh, and that bite that comes with the alcohol as well.
1: Yeah. Cause you think of like, you know, bitter or astringent, you know, those kind of are the larger, you know, larger categories of flavor descriptors. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, a, a byproduct of the, the yeast acting on the, uh, in the fermentation process, getting that, um, that breakdown and creating the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, It's going to put off a little bit of flavor. Whether or not you can detect it is, you know, dependent on style again. So that's something to look out for is if a beer is maybe particularly high on like a sweet alcohol flavor when it really shouldn't be, that would be Mm -hmm. like a detrimental part. And it might not taste bad, but again, if you're evaluating it based on standards, you got to look out for things like that and be aware of whether or not that's supposed to be... um, commonly found mm-hmm.
0: and fruity i mean fruity too is a you know you usually think about okay fruity yeast characteristic you're like okay yeah this uh banana tasting hefeweizen you know is yeah. really fruity but it's also that that's the main difference between ales and lagers right as you use the ales use the ale yeast or the top fermenting yeast which is higher temperatures and they create more esters and more you know, free flavors, and then you have lager yeast, which is colder fermenting, the bottom fermenting yeast, and you get cleaner, more crisp flavors that don't really have that, so it's even within that concept, you know, it's all, it's very nuanced, like what's the the degree to which it imparts that, those flavors, so, but fermentation also can provide different tastes, such as off flavors, if things don't, yeah. so right, so if you have an fermentation. infection, you know, you have know, sour, you could have cheesy flavors which are not great and experience i feel like the first beer that i kind of pinpoint cheesy was last night actually (laughs) i was like that tastes cheesy and i don't know what it was i don't know if anybody else really picked it up but that's kind of that savory funky weirdness i had going on it was like very interesting because
1: cheese can have like some level of like tartness in Mm -hmm. a way not like you would like a sour candy but the the way it plays on your taste buds like it's it's a, I would describe it as kind of tart, mm-hmm. um, like some sharp cheeses can really be a little bit like savory umami, but also like have a bit of a, a bite to it. Mm-hmm. So that
0: that can be or like some funk. easily yeah yeah, yeah. or in, you know che- like blue cheese blue yeah, cheese oh, yeah like something like that. But yeah, yeah and then you can just have off flavors from the fermentation and everything. So yeah, but.
1: so fermentation good when executed well and. Everything survives and is not jeopardized or contaminated.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's, uh, again, I mean, we're, we're looking for building that vocabulary. We mentioned last time with the, uh, last week with the aroma, you know, whether it be you're, you're building a glossary or an index or an <laughs> appendix. An <laughs> appendix. Um, yeah, so you want to just sort of. My mental appendix. Yeah, and don't get it. Don't have an appendectomy. Yeah, don't. No. <laughs> it's it's really hard because you might build that and then still forget some of these descriptors. It happens to me all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it's all about practice. And you know, it's always nice to shut your brain off and just enjoy a beer without really thinking about it too hard. I think anymore, I'm just in the habit of every beer I try at least think about it to some degree. But really, you know, evaluating a beer, you know, if you're like a certified to, yeah. to judge a beer like you want to be on point yeah so having the right arsenal of descriptors in your vocabulary is important um you know well i think listening to other people describe beers going on youtube um watching people uh taste beers and just, and uh and judge them or, or taste them is really monumental to help uh expand your vocabulary mm-hmm. because there's Descriptors you might not think of, and it's always hard to, you know, without tasting the beer yourself, you're just hearing somebody respond to a beer that you're you're blindly hearing about. But just hearing those those words and, and knowing, hey, they're drinking a a brown ale, mm-hmm. or uh, in this case, like which is a brown ale. We we said, oh, it, you know, it's got some uh some like bitter, spicy aftertaste. It's got uh you know kind of a sweet, corny honey, uh, malt flavor. So then you're looking for those in your own tasting. Mm -hmm. Um, you're not obviously just pulling them out of thin air. They have to be present, but just hearing how other people describe beer, I think it just, it's the same way as like writing and reading. The more you read of other people's work, you become a better writer. Yeah. You pick up little ideas and, and
0: tips and things that stick with you. Yeah. It's really, I mean, Building that vocabulary is probably the toughest part, and building the word associations with the beer. But also, there's a little bit of technique with tasting, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a science to it in a way. You don't want to just, you know, turn the can upside down and chug it all in one go. You might not get a great review or a great, great uh, sense of it from that. But so usually, you know, you're tasting it after you've kind of looked at it, you've smelled it, you've gotten an idea where you want to go. And then you usually take. You know, some smaller sips. Nothing too crazy. You're not trying to chug it down. Uh, But then you kind of want to let it sit in your mouth for a minute. Mm -hmm. And that's like warming it up, but it's also coating your tongue with it to make sure that it's getting full contact with all of those little taste buds that you got hanging out in there. Yeah, like you said earlier, just uh,
1: not letting it only graze certain parts of your tongue, thinking that you're going to heighten certain major flavors by isolating taste buds. You want to get it all over. Mm-hmm. And um, it doesn't take much, really. I mean, no. you think you you might need a big swig, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've heard certain uh, beer cicerones or uh, beer judges that have talked about, you know, starting initially with some small sips, you know, taking uh, enough just to coat everything in your mouth, swallowing that. Um, you know, letting it come through your nose a little bit, bre- not the beer, but breathing out of your nose. Yeah. <laughs> Breathe the nose. Ideally, the don't have beer nose. snorted out. That's probably uncomfortable. <laughs> but if you, you know, exhale, you get that uh, retronasal olfaction that'll help help you pick up some, some initial flavors. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, after a while, say, hey, I'm going to take a big swig of this and see if it, if it adds anything to my palate, what I'm picking up. Mm-hmm. Because as somebody, uh, I'm trying to recall the video I saw now. I believe is it was, it, was uh, it might have been the founder of Cicerone actually doing a video uh, with a couple of uh,
0: oh yeah I think I know who you're talking about yeah
1: they they were doing sort of a live tasting and he said you know when we drink beer a lot of times we aren't taking little sips we're taking a big swig of it because we're with friends we're socializing mm-hmm. we're just you know it's a hot day we're ready for a big swig of beer and so you can practice that in your beer tasting as well but it's certainly important that you know when when strictly evaluating a beer. You know, you really don't need a ton. You can just take uh you know, a couple an ounce or two of beer Re- will be plenty to really coat everything in there. Yeah. And like I said, let it warm up, let it kind of cover everything in there in the mouth, taste buds, your teeth, gums, palate, everything. But then, you know, go for a go for a big swig later. Just so no harm in that.
0: Yeah. I mean the best thing about tasting beer is that you actually drink it. Yeah. I like tasting wine. Take a little sip, spit, spit it out. out. Beer's too good to waste. No. So don't be spitting it out. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, there's a little technique with that. You know, you're want to just, the biggest thing is you just want to make sure you're appreciating it and not chugging it down. And then if you're trying to evaluate multiple beers, it's probably a good idea to reset your palate in between. And there's a few things you can do with that. You know, some people I've seen like, oh, you sniff your arm because like the scent of your own mm. skin is going to kind of reset the palate. I've heard some people, you know, sniff coffee beans to try to overwhelm everything and do a, a reset. And then some people, you know, eat crackers, you know, mild crackers, and yeah. fully drink some water to, to rinse out some of those flavors. Uh, if you remember way back when we we did one Elsie Pick of the Week, and she gave us Bush Heavy. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we had just poured it straight into a glass that had contained... What was in the glass before?
1: We had uh, an IPA in there. Yeah, an there IPA.
0: One that was particularly, like, floral. Mm-hmm. And it made it, like, very... Fruity bush, and we were so confused by that. So that just tells you, if you don't rinse your mouth out or your glass, you're going to have some troubles with that.
1: Because right now, this empty glass from Cowboy Beards here, I'm smelling still that roasty malt, a little bit of... And even some spice. Yeah. And so, now if I were to pour any other beer in this without cleaning it... um... Be tainted. Yeah, exactly. And the same with your mouth. Right now, I still have a little bit of that heat still from the peppers. Yeah, I
0: still got some heat lingering, too. Before
1: we try another beer, we'd be... Um, so inclined to to do some of this palate cleansing, or uh, sensory reset, as you put it, with the yeah the smell too. So
0: you know, and that might be a good idea because even though she's
1: not here, she's not she's not with us. She's um, she's out uh,
0: pulling weeds in the backyard. Yeah, I heard she was out wrestling alligators in the bayou. Oof! But either way, she left us in Elsie's pick of the week, burr, conveniently. Burr, 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 burr in her full can koozie. So the only thing that I can see on this is a thin blue ring. It better not be Bud Light. (laughs) It looks too pale to be Bud Light, I will say. If it's Bud Light though, that'd be ridiculous that she left us with a Bud Light. We can go rinse our glasses. Actually, I think this one's rinsed. I have a rinsed glass. Let's go ahead and crack this open. That was a nice loud crack. Let's give it a pour. I'm going to look at it because I need to see. Okay, this is definitely not Bud Light.
1: No, it's It's not. It's
0: very red. I guess I could
1: have gone blind, but here we are. Here we are.
0: Got a nice uh, kind of a copper-amber color. Based on the appearance, I would almost say it's a sour, but I don't know. I'd have to smell it first. And the, the bubbly head is dissipating quickly. It looks like a red cider. Like, doesn't it kind of look... It's very it's crystal clear. A lot of effervescence, I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, the head does dissipate rather quickly into just a thin um, collar around the glass.
1: I actually am seeing a little bit of uh, some particles in my Oh, you too. may have gotten the bottom of the can, So, that's why. that leaves me to think it's not going
0: to be a sour. Oh, particulates. Um, I didn't smell it yet, but it looks like... Hmm. You know how some sours are very red looking?
1: Yeah. No, no. I, I think the oh, sour that I had
0: s- last night was kind of a red. Yeah, it's like that um, red copper. coppery. Interesting. The smell is mm-hmm. a little estuary. I don't think it's a
1: sour anymore. I smell some fruit. Some Yeah, some, some estery flavor. Uh, it also... It's kind of tough for me to get a lot of smell out of it, too. Yeah. It's a, it's a sweet oh shoot malt character but it's I'm not getting like bread I'm getting more of like a mm. caramel or like
0: no for coffee, me maybe. yeah for me I'm getting a lot of banana esters hmm. like kind of like runce candy banana which is weird but also a little bit of cherry I feel like let's take a little taste yeah it's not sour <laughs> it is not sour at all very interesting. Yeah. T- toffee? No. Bready? It's very light feeling. What in the world is it?
1: <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm getting um, getting a lot of... Almost too much
0: flavor to really
1: pinpoint it here.
0: You know, and after I take a sip, though, that banana estery stuff kind of just goes away. And I'm getting more... I feel like dark fruit, but... It's almost like a cherry juice that's been, like, toned down. Like, it doesn't have, like, the tartness of cherries and not as much sweetness, but it's got kind of that base flavor of cherry. To me, anyway.
1: Yeah, it's almost like somebody dipped some cherries into the beer or wafted them right Mm -hmm. by it. And the mouthfeel is kind of full. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely full, and especially considering how like effervescent it was, mm-hmm. it's not like doesn't feel like biting carbonation or anything like that. Oh, I don't know. If uh, I'm not going to say this is a a red ale. I'm gonna take a look. I'm gonna peek. Okay. All right. You have a guess? Um, it's a tough one here. We've actually had this beer before.
1: Have we? Okay. Yep. Um,
0: not that long ago.
1: Oh, is it a, is this another like winter warmer type beer? Yeah. Okay. So that kind of malty From last fruit. week.
0: LC's pulling out the leftovers. Oh <laughs> boy. Us. What we got? We've got Anderson Valley Winter Solstice oh, Seasonal Oh, right. Ale.
1: That was one of, that might have been the first beer of the beer advent or
0: one of the first ones. Yeah, it was. I think it was the first one. Yeah. It says, Uh, it doesn't really tell you what's in it. It just says ale with natural flavor added. Um, gotcha. so I don't know exactly what that means, but
1: well, and you know, a winter, winter warmer seasonal beer. Interesting. Yeah. It's got, um, it kind of checks all the box boxes you have with, um, a little bit of ester character, some, not much like spice Ice, or like no. phenols or anything like that, but
0: no, it's kind of like your a pretty strong, like malt character. Um, Yeah, it's like a multi-punch. Like a multi-Christmas punch, I feel like, to me. It's like there's some berry, some fruitiness in there. There's some cranberry. Yeah, maybe a little... Cranberry's a little tart, though, so... Yeah, it's just missing the tartness, I feel like. Yeah. Well, it's nice to revisit this after a couple months. It's interesting to take it out of a different context. From the beer advent calendar to this now. Yeah. So, well, Elsie stumped us again. Maybe next time she won't give us a winter seasonal beer. (laughs) I'm kind of expecting it for the next one, but... I know, right? I feel like they're also very hard to pick out because it's like when you're not only having them in wintertime. Yeah. And even then I'm not like going, hey, let me get a winter seasonal. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> but interesting. You're not really going out of
1: your way, but. Yeah. But also I'm not shying away from a good winter warmer. Mm-mm. Uh, same way with like uh, other seasonals. Yeah. So Yeah.
0: So I guess it takes us, you know, what did you learn today, Nick? Um, you know, I think when it
1: comes down to it, I've just learned that it's better to drink beer with your buddies. You yeah. you learn so much from it. I beer mean buddies,
0: I'm sure there's a podcast out there that's
1: called beer with buddies, beer with buddies. Probably if there is, I'm going to find you and I will listen to you. <laughs> I will find you. I will subscribe. <laughs> I have a very particular set of um yeah no i mean not just because of the social aspect but you know the more we talk about it it really just sort of solidify the idea that you can learn a lot by osmosis you know osmosis jones osmosis learning You're, you're learning by um drinking with friends listening to other beer enthusiasts talk about beer describing it in their own terminology in their own you know, their palate might
0: be slightly different, so... Um, yes, it's like It's a, helping you grow your own vocabulary. Mm-hmm. It's like a group of philosophers meeting and discussing the finer things in life. That's what Socrates was really doing. Yes, he was. He was maybe, like... Maybe mm, a nice mead. This mead. <laughs> this mead. Uh, yeah, probably not, but...
1: <laughs> Wait, which was it Plato that was forced to
0: drink poison
1: to... Like, his execution or whatever? Or was it Socrates? I have no idea. One of them great was question. forced to die. Um, By drinking poison? Forced um, to drink poison? Well, it was, um... They were, like, sentenced to death for, like... Essentially because they were so, uh, like, vocal with their beliefs and they were contradictory. And so, the the means of, like, execution was... It was it was Socrates. Um, but, gosh, what did he, uh... Well, he was accused of, uh, oh, it was like they were, the people of Greece were like, you're corrupting our youth right now with your oh, controversial philosophy. Like, you need to, like, just chill go out, die. dude. <laughs> just go die. Um, so he basically, like, took the punishment. And was like, whatever. Like, I'm standing by my beliefs. Jeez. And so, uh, hemlock. That's what hemlock. it was. Kind of, yeah. But uh, he drank a cup of hemlock. And what we're a way to go. no free speech. You know, it, it it died the same day that Socrates died.
0: <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah. What'd you learn, Joe? What I learned, it was much less, uh, you know, introspective. <laughs> I learned that when building your glossary of terms in your mind, don't get a brain appendectomy. <laughs> <laughs> Refer to your appendix frequently yeah. and don't get an appendectomy.
1: And if you go to any physician claiming you need a brain appendectomy and they agree uh you should walk out immediately yes <laughs> because that is a quack
0: if you go to any physician and say that you have a brain appendectomy there may be a good chance that you'll be locked up in the psych ward
1: yeah they call that a little botomy. oh um, yeah they
0: give you a lobotomy. Yeah. oh gosh controversial but all
1: right but well, yeah
0: f- well that wraps us up and uh make sure you check us out social media uh say hello give us a ring we are East Carolina Beer on Instagram at EastBeer on Twitter. We are EastCarolinaBeer.com. We're also on Facebook, and if you want to send us a good old-fashioned email, EastCarolinaBeer at gmail.com, or if you want to send us beer, reach out. We'll oh, yeah. tell you how to get it to us, and we will be glad to perform an evaluation on it <laughs> using the newfound techniques that we discussed today. And Lauren won't be invited because she wasn't here. Yep, exactly. She was too busy harvesting ostrich eggs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, next
1: time when she's done um, um, crocheting her uh, mother, quit,
0: she'll be back. Yeah. But for now, just us. Just us. Cheers. Cheers.